Welcome to a special Friday night bonus episode of Hella Bass Bass Fishing Live podcast. Kevin Bateman Baxter joins me. We break down all the industry stuff going on in bass fishing. We're going to try to do this once a month where we just talk shop, what's going on in the industry, ask people's bait and tackle and bass fishing questions. So enjoy this bonus episode and tight lines, everybody. Are you ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process from pre-qualification to closing. We have a wide variety of home loan programs in our tackle box, including down payment assistance and first-time homebuyer options. You can ask Hellabass. He trusted us to help finance his home. Contact the Dream Team today by searching Supreme Lending Dream Team or click the link below in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. Here we are. We've talked about it. We did uh, uh, bass fishing news industry ramblings. Uh, we don't have a name for it, but we, we did it about a month or so ago. And we said we were going to yeah. try to do it. I think at that time every week, but I think once a month is probably like more appropriate and more likely that we'll actually be able to work our schedules out. Absolutely. So uh, let's say this is uh this is the October installment of uh, what's happening in bass fishing and uh, hella bass and bait man are going to break it down. We got a whole list of topics. I got a whole pile of baits. That's what I'm excited. That we for. can look at. I feel, so I, I feel like I follow the baits a little bit more than I do the fishing at times. We might have to like, a little bit of industry talk, a little bit of baits, get Bateman's energy up tonight so he can get awake from his nap, get his tea kicked in, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go back and forth. I'll tell you what got me fired up this week is I went fishing, and I caught some bass on top water, and there's nothing like those big brown fish coming up and crushing a bait. And even caught some largemouth, and, and Darius was out fishing this week, and Darius slayed some big largemouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling we're on opposite ends of the lake. There's a few more boat docks where I was fishing, but, uh, you know, they're biting good if I can catch them. I can tell you that, but, uh, you know, got to throw a new bait, made about four casts, caught me a big brown and said, all right, see if we can do that again. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And dead gummit, I keep losing these JDM jackhammers and that cold shad color, man, they eat that thing and hmm. that big brownie break me off. So I'm pretty fired up about some fishing right now. I feel like Monday, I got the day off. It could be a really good day with the big cold front coming that night. They should be chomping. Yeah, <clears throat> I I was pretty excited. <clears throat> Last weekend, I got out fishing quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> no top water. I guess my buddy got one on a frog. And uh, I got a couple bites on a frog, but they didn't eat it. But I was able to catch several fish on the... Uh, the native gill from Tacklecraft. Like but the bad news is I hit a dock post at the end and broke the tail off of it. Ooh. So dock posts been crushing swim baits since they came out, man. Yeah. And I also lost a a big M TK painted uh root crankbait. And that was that was a pike got the best of me. So man, other than that it was actually pretty good. Stuff out. Glide baits. Painting up them Marty Burns baits. I know Darius has got some. He's been he's been yeah, that's Darius. hard with the Marty. I think I got some of the what Darius posted right here. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm 
I'm ready. And I got I got a six cents box that you might know something about. Well, the box is six boxes. cents. I'm pretty sure. So I, I I mean I get a lot of them. I probably I probably got as many as Omni as you get Omnia boxes. So when I got ship yeah. stuff, I'm no hurt. But this is your box. six cents box. Right. There's a few special things in there. I don't yeah. think. Uh, I and then the other thing is uh, back on like October first, <clears throat> the my Mercury snapped the uh, drive shaft and it's been out of commission waiting for parts so and the uh forecast looks like there might be ice before my boat is finished so i hate it for you brother but i'm working on it uh <clears throat> hopefully get out with my buddy from the dream team on the lax here in november yet before that freezes up catching big small mall. so we'll see I'm just still paying people but, uh, cash money. Yeah, that's things. what's happening locally for ourselves. I think there's a bunch of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. I got a little list here. Uh, we want well, to do first baits, to... Or, baits or bass and news. Maybe I think we maybe do like a bass topic, and then we'll do some baits, and then do a bass topic, and then do some baits. I had not heard that uh, codes were not working on rods and reels. I knew there was certain brands, but I had not heard... <laughs> there was a restriction on rods and reels as a general. So be interesting if other people if that are following that. Is, uh, you know, uh, the price of shipping rods has gotten outrageous. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of these dealers would love to offer you a great, great discount on a rod. But by the time you get a discount and they ship a rod to, they, they may lose money on that. So that that's a high possibility. Just from my experience, I mean, at one time, a basic rod, seven and a half footer or seven footer, you know, you're 25, 30 bucks. And if it's up 40, yeah. 50 bucks, man. Yeah, I saw the, the new tackle trap or the re the relaunched one. They had a post about how they had a flat fee on mm-hmm. rods for 30 bucks, I think. Yeah. So back in my internet days, I tried to offset the cost. I would, you know, PVC rod to $10 charge. Didn't matter if it was eight hundred dollar rod or eighty dollar rod, and you know what? At checkout, ninety percent of the people hit that. They wanted that ten dollar PVC rod too. So, mm. hey, uh, people want their stuff. You order a nice rod, you want it safe. Ooh. Well, I assume the hooks are different. Yes, yeah, maybe some of the hardware. Different hooks, saltwater hardware. Internally, the bait's still the same. Buy some special colors. <clears throat> yeah, some different saltwater colors. Well, let's maybe talk. <clears throat> let's start with maybe the the uh, the major league fishing. And I think I'm not going to go through like every single part of right. the MLF because I think that's been pretty well documented. And actually, Luke Duncan did a really good job walking through the history of the last five years and all the changes. And <clears throat> but I think you know. To me, at the root of it, if their move to fifty was with, if they could get back to, if they could get back to no entry fees and do a fifty-person league, I could see that as a step in the right direction. But the fact that the anglers' entry fees are actually going up, and they're reducing live coverage, and they're making the field smaller, overall, I I can't get on board with it. Yeah, I kind of knew this was happening um, right before it dropped publicly. You know. I heard it through the grapevine from a really good source. And, uh, you know, I don't, I was told that it was going to be reduced to 35, but there would be no entry fees. Uh, 
Now, I haven't really kept up hardcore with it, but evidently, I guess, they're paying entry fees, so uh, that's silly. You know, obviously, lots of promises were made years ago to entice bait anglers uh, to make the switch. Some, plenty of them took the bait, and some of them didn't. Um, uh, you know, FLW, not so-called FLW, it used to be Operation Bass. It's really close to me. I mean, I can jog over there um, from my house, but, uh, you know, I don't really care for the direction it's going in, not so much because of the MLF deal, but they've really crapped on the grassroots anglers. For example, uh, my buddy I went fishing with the other day, he's in the chat, Jerry Hall, great guy, enjoyed fishing with him, put me on them bass. He qualified for a regional uh, through the BFLs, and he has to pay a $330 entry fee after he has already paid all these expenses and qualified to make a regional, which is pretty tough. And it used to be free. You know, you used to yep. fish for a boat or whatever the amount or of money truck. was. Yeah. Boat or a truck. And it was a free entry fee. Now, the payout's less. I mean, you still can win a boat. Don't get me wrong. But then you, you got to pay that entry fee money. So... That boat's not really free anymore if you win. It's basically a culmination of all your expenses, all your plus that entry fee. Um, I don't like that. I've always thought the All-Americans should be held in high standards. It should be one of the top three, four tournaments of the year. Bassmaster Classic, number one. Um, you know, I would say the U.S. Open is a high-ranking tournament now. Uh, I, I don't care about Red Crest. Like, I've not watched a Red Crest. The name is silly. You bring back the Forest Wood Cup, and then you got the All American in that. Those are your premier tournaments. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even think Red Crest is premier. It's just too much. So yeah. Stuff. Other than what makes Red Crest premier is at this time, it's the, the whatever the thirty forty guys that fish it <clears throat> are still thirty forty of the biggest names historically in the sport. So right. that is really the only thing it has going for it, in my opinion. Um, and then obviously the payout, I guess, is still premier. At least it was. We haven't seen what it's going to be like going forward. Uh, yeah. But it, it's pretty clear that everything that MLF slash, you know, you know, which bought FLW, right? They have, mm -hmm. uh, they've put entry fees on the regionals for the BFLs. They've restructured the payouts. The Toyotas got restructured, but they're probably still the best, one of the best bargains in fishing, honestly. Yeah, I think the their, Toyotas their are the best bang for your buck, not just the money, but competition-wise. Uh, yeah. You're going to get some sticks in there. You're going to get some guys that are your weekend anglers. You're going to get some guys that are a little bit better than weekend, but not quite the pro level. And usually they got a good schedule. I mean, the pro circuit, which was the FLW, basically got completely gutted and restructured. The it was losing over a million dollars a year, and now it's making money. They basically just restructured it, and now the VPT is going through the same thing, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It's all about – here's at a high level, this is how I see it happening. Boyd and team and Gary Klein and the leaders five years ago had this idea. They sold this uh, this business plan to the anglers and to the investors right? About how they were going to get all these new viewers, new watchers, new audience, new sponsors, endemics. There was going to be money coming in for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to have to pay entry fees. This is going to be great. They probably shouldn't have bought MLF or FLW. 
<laughs> that probably wasn't a great business decision for them at the time. They were too focused on trying to kill bass and not watching their own bobber and building mm-hmm. their own business. And now, three, four, five years in, Uncle Cronky, Cronky Sports, Stan, who's a very, and, and the other investors are very good businessmen, and they didn't become very wealthy by becoming donators. And so now they're asking, so it's coming from both ways. The anglers are saying, like, hey, where's all the promise of all this stuff? So are the investors and the owners. And now they're saying, well, if you don't make it profitable, we're just going to shut it down. Right. So that's to me that in the simplest way, that's that's what's driving all these changes. They got to make the P and L look good, and they're reducing live coverage. They're raising entry fees. They're uh, yeah, limiting, shrinking the number of days of coverage, the number of days of the actual tournament. It's all pointing to like reducing overhead and becoming more profitable. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, people don't like to hear this, but fishing tournament organizations are not nonprofits. They have to make money, whether it's bass yep. or, you know, MLF. And unfortunately, sometimes business decisions are made that weren't very good in the beginning. I mean, I've worked at places that said they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And they don't. And, you know, now here I am That's at my nice little union job. And I just punched my time. Corporate America at its finest. Yeah. But, I mean... Look, man, we, we just had a union contract, and our company makes money, but at the end of the day, they're going to give us a big raise. They expect us our product to be as good, if not better, and work a little bit more efficiency, efficiently, and I get that. You know, if the company's making money, you're going to make some money. If they'll listen to you, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to get on a union soapbox or anything like that. So you either like them or you don't. It doesn't phase me as long as my check's don't bounce but uh you know obviously if the company's losing money people are going to lose their jobs and uh look fishing is tough man there's a lot of guys that are not financially stable enough to lose forty thousand dollars in entry fees and plus all your expenses and stuff like that but i will say this people don't like to hear this either there's some anglers out there that are crying the blues that just aren't catching fish. Yeah. That's it. Whether that's you're, you're it. fishing MLF sure. or bass, do you think if you had turd years on MLF that you're just going to jump in the opens and it's going to be easy? No, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are crying the blues that at the end of the day, if they would have caught fish instead of trying to be TikTok stars or make funny quotes everywhere that, uh, and I'm not singling out anybody in particular. I'm just saying. Uh, and it's at all levels of fishing. If you concentrate on catching some fish, you'll make a few more checks, you know, so. Yeah. And, and I think that in general, I agree that it's it's a performance base, just like most other sports. If you don't perform in the NBA, NFL, NHL, you're, you know, you're going to get replaced. <clears throat> I think the rub is, right, that the leadership sold this, like, this dream and uh and they went yeah. along with it and now it sucks and now these guys these 30 that get dropped the majority of them are basically probably going to have to retire from tournament fishing yeah because if bobby lane and ish monroe who dropped out of the league and they were in if bobby and ish stayed i don't know the numbers but just based like i'm roughly following it i'm guessing they would be in the cut right and mm-hmm. they couldn't make the open so 
to think that these 30 guys are going to drop out and go fish the opens and make it back in. Most of them don't have what it takes anymore. Right. And then, you know, it's just nine spots for the open. Um, not everyone can pull a Ben Milliken, Trey McKinney, or, you know, look, look, John Garrett's tried three or four times and he just now made it missed. And shout out to John Garrett. And, you know, he was on my stream and he, he basically said that, he, he he got to thinking down on himself. Is this really for me? And, you know, I, I feel like I'm due. And if it doesn't work out this time, you know, who knows what I'm going to do? And so I'm really glad he made the leaks. Got it. Talk about yeah. a guy puts the work and wants it. But you know, there's guys I never even knew that made the opens. Obviously, awesome fishermen. Um, so you know, it's that field's so tough, man. So many guys have the ability to make the elites. You know, yeah, um, and I think I actually I think a lot of them are going to end up in the MPFL. If I'm being honest, if they can yeah. Get so in. you talk about uh, playing your cards right and maybe staying the course. Uh, NPFL, uh, they're here. Um, I I don't watch a lot of it because look, I don't watch a lot of <laughs> tournaments unless uh it's it's bass and my work schedule don't allow me to watch even a lot of bass live but mpfl right place right time they may get some bigger names in there and draw some more viewers and you know maybe in one or two years this mpfl thing really takes off you know we'll see yeah speaking of mpfl we'll talk about their schedule but like i actually watched them a little bit the first year or two when they were on youtube mm-hmm but now that they've done this fixed TV thing, and I, I kind of understand what they're trying to do, but that other layer of complication of another app and another website right. is just like, that's like a little bit too much effort for me to want to go watch it now. Yeah, I don't want to have to like download some weird software to my laptop or phone because I've kept this laptop for four years and it's never gave me any major I think it's issues. totally above board, but it's just like another website and, and then like part of it's free and part of it is premium. And right. I get they're trying to drive. I mean, they're trying to create a revenue source, but like to me, like I watched more FLW and MPFL when they used to stream it on YouTube. Yeah. So because like literally every device I have already has YouTube on it. I could put mm -hmm. on my smart TV. I could put it on my computer. I could look it on my phone. I'd get notifications like, mm -hmm. To me, I think these, instead of trying to figure out how to like squeeze the dollars out of the viewers they're getting, I think they just got to like put it out there and make it just accessible. I mean, like, I think they should be like push it on right. YouTube. They should be inviting guys like us to like uh, do watch parties, parties and yeah. restream it and like just get it out there. Just get, don't worry about whether you can count every single view on the website. It's just like, they just got to get it out there. <clears throat> yeah. I'd be down for, down for an NPFL watch party, stuff like that. You know, uh, let's look at our audience. So me and you, our audience is probably, I would say in the highest demographic or one of the higher demographics that watch bass fishing, watch tackle videos, stuff like that. They don't want to go beat around a bush just to watch something. Type it in YouTube. Type in Hella Bass. Boom, you're live. Type in Bateman. Boom, you're live. That's all I, I mean. You, I mean, YouTube, we, we multi stream and you're there. To Twitter, Facebook. I mean, we're just we make it easy. Like, where do you want to watch it? I'll put it out there. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm not. <clears throat> is it better for me and you if everybody watches on YouTube? Sure, but 
let's just get it out there and make it easy for people. Yeah. Um, so I have, uh, I'm a dirt racing guy, so I have a subscription with what they call Dirt Vision. It's like 25 bucks a month, but it's so easy. I just click it and it's there, everything. You know, maybe that's something they need. Maybe just the NPFL official app, and when the tournament's live, all you do yeah. is click it, and you, you can watch anything, you know. Instead of yeah, I mean, maybe if Fix TV had all of the tournaments, then I'd be down, right? But like, yeah, right now I got to go to Bassmaster, right? And sometimes I got to go to Bassmaster, and sometimes I got to go to FS1, sometimes I got to go to on MLF or Major League Fishing, and then I got to go to Fix T. It's just like, yeah. So, are we ready to look at I some think baits? That, yeah, yeah. Let's look at some baits. <laughs> All right. We should should we start with? Uh, I guess we'll start with one of the Baitman boxes. Which one? Well, I can tell you one of them only has one bait in it. Well, I know that too, but which one do you want to see first? Whatever whatever you want, Rich. Whatever you want. Should we go with the something big? <clears throat> so Yeah, go with that. Bateman was... has been testing the 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 what speaking of other apps. <laughs> yeah. Right? Bateman has been uh hanging out on what oh, si- he's been simulcasting on YouTube and whatnot. And whatnot is like a live auction yeah, it's basically streaming like website. Meets a live stream. Right. And they have different categories, right? And I'm sure there's people doing like beauty and arts and crafts oh, yeah. and everything, but you're in the sports and outdoors section yeah. and you're been cleaning out the bait room. Uh, so this is one that I bought sure. one of your second streams something. Yeah. So. And uh you know, Brennan Brown, Brown, Brown Bait Company said, hey, man, can I send you some stuff and you sell it for me? Yeah, this me? is actually said, one of sure. BBC's baits, Brendan's yeah, baits, isn't it? one of Brendan's baits. I said, sure, man, and I'll send the money to you. So, knowing Brendan, in the shape of the box, do people have any guesses on what's in the box? They were watching whatnot, they might have known. Weird yeah. name for so, that. That's my only... I did get... It works pretty well. Actually, so I, I I checked it out, and it's actually a pretty good interface mm-hmm. for the consumer. I don't know what you think of it as like a seller yet. It's, um, it's different, but, but like, man, when you've got to ship stuff, if you got a label printer, dude, it's money. So, but look at this. We got a little. It's almost like a little nest in there. A little... Yeah. So. That come from my buddy Sam, who owns Narrowgate Base. That's how he packed his little rat to me. Ah, so this is the NGB is the the Narrowgate yep. baits. Yep. I actually thought this rat was going to be a little bigger than this. Yeah. So the uh, you know, it's when you show it on a stream or whatever, it looks really big, but that bull rat is not that huge of a bait. I mean, it's five inches, maybe. Without yeah, the tail? About, I don't know. Yeah, without the tail, it's maybe five inches. I think Buka says yeah, six. Think. Yeah, because like this is a a six inch swim bait, I think. So yeah, it's maybe only like four and a half. <clears throat> I usually have a ruler here, but I don't see where it is. But yeah, so it's a it's a bull rat, right? It's a Buka bull rat. Mm-hmm. Now it's an interesting paint job. Is this one that that Brendan put on there, or did he get it like think that? We... It, I saw a signature on the bottom. I don't know if Brendan did that or if that was um, hmm. one of there biggest is like custom B. Paints. I want to think it might be Bill Barton. It does say BB, 
Well, so that could be Brendan Brown. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll have to get the backstory from Brendan. I don't know if I, I don't know, maybe I'll try to fish it, see what it's like. If not, then maybe I'll. So you travel and fish more than I do, and, and I was thinking that bright color, that's a spotted bass, smallmouth kind of color. I mean, it's going to stand out. Uh, so some guys crank those things down a foot, two foot. I personally like that slow retrieve and that, that yeah, body wake bait. shimmy yeah. as a wake bait. Let the joints sit there and buckle and clank and squeak. Yeah, and that's one cool thing about that bull rat. It's got some good squeak to it. You know, you get that good buzz can... bait that, that, that rivet's a little rusted and it gets that squeak. It's got uh, rotating hook hangers. Yep. So, yeah. I'm a big oh. fan of Buka. <clears throat> the price, oh, I think I only paid, what, 35 bucks for this? Yeah. I mean, they're brand new on his website. I'm paying for like $55. So. $55, $60, bucks, I think, yeah. So, I don't have a rat. So, this is my first rat. You so, I'm pretty now. excited. So I figured, hey, I was helping out Brendan. I was getting a, a Buka bull rat, and uh, so that's bait number one. Uh, I don't want to forget this. Uh, we were kind of right in the middle of a conversation, but shout out to Bass Assassin. Thanks for the uh, the super chat. That's awesome. Much appreciated. Yes, sir. Not Thank needed. you, uh, Bass Assassin. Rich, uh, awesome. we'll spend that at Amia next week. <laughs> or use it to put some gas in the Caymus if I ever get it back. Man, I feel bad for you. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> yeah, like the, the tail fear. is just a. I mean, it looks like a magnum trickworm kind of, basically. Yeah, you can put a so magnum trickworm in there. Uh, Buka always put a Danny Joe's floating worm in there. So but... I don't, I don't. Does it ha does it screw? Is there like a? Is it glued in there or I like I unscrew this? I'm not sure. I guess I'll have to, I'll have to research it before I start pulling on it. But uh... yeah, it's actually made of resin. Thanks, Rick. And Blake. So it'll be great off dock posts, just like my uh, yeah. native gill. <clears throat> yeah. It's pinned. Tom says it's pinned. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, let's see. So we kind of touched on MPFL. I actually have their schedule pulled up. Let's touch on that quick. So. So their, their 2023 championship is moved to next spring, so they're kind of following. I, I see. I kind of feel like they should have went with a season end championship and mm -hmm. kind of. They had the opportunity there to take the take the I don't know try to replace the cup right the Forestwood Cup by having a late summer early fall championship, mm -hmm. but now they're just throwing it right in the mix and they're just going to be always like around the same time as the classic and the uh, the Dead Crest. So I feel like I wish they just would have done it in like. October, November, whatever, something like that. Yeah, I like the I like the classic one. It was way back in this, you know, in the summer. I forgot I did something. I, I got to share this. So, yeah. but yeah, so I like Amistad. I like it that time of year, but I guess I wish they would have went with a summer, late summer championship. But uh, yeah, I think so, it, Amistad could be good. I'm guessing Amistad's probably fishing pretty good right now, but I don't. I haven't heard relatable. Uh, but uh, next year, they got, you know, if you don't count their championship, they have a huge gap between stop one and stop two, which makes me think people will forget that they exist. <laughs> you know, when, yeah. when everybody else is fishing, that's a little bit of a concern. But, uh, I mean, otherwise, this is going to be attractive because people that 
can't hack it in the opens and get cut from the BPT or just get tired of trying to like bang their heads in the MLF invitationals or bass. And they would just want to, you know, a high entry, high opportunity game. I feel like the MPFL is positioned to succeed here. Right. Um, Pickwick, that's the Brandon Perkins invitational right there. Um, but uh, I'd like to have seen them uh, on a Tennessee River um, that's not Pickwick. I feel like Pickwick's just gotten beat up really bad. Yeah. It's, it's starting to like, show uh, with the carp is really starting to make an influx there. You're starting to slowly see it kind of do the Kentucky Lake thing. Um, I would like to see them go Gunnersville or uh, go to Wheeler. Wheeler's fishing good. Yeah, and I think um, they're aren't they restricting their field to like eighty or hundred guys too? I mean, they're not huge, mm -hmm. so I mean, there's a bunch of other lakes in Alabama to go, not just Tennessee River lakes either, right? But yeah, uh, Hartwell gets a lot of pressure too. I might like to see maybe not a Hartwell on there, but I like Florida. But Hartwell seems to not be bothered by the pressure. It, I think that's because those fish are so nomadic there. They depend on that blueback herring and stuff like that. They roam a lot. You know, they don't just sit on one ledge for two months out of the year and get beat up. They move around. I think St. John's in the fall. I remember hearing some stories from like September, October, uh, when the, they had a BFL regional there a couple of years ago that like mm -hmm. Justin Kimmel did well in again. It sounded like there was some fantastic topwater fishing that a lot of the top anglers. Yes. So that could be actually a real a sleeper from a live standpoint, uh, St. John's River in, in the in the fall. Yeah, so Travis asked, is Kentucky Lake good enough to have a 100-boat national tournament? It is 100% good enough. If I mean, yeah, that, the, the, the Toyota's last year, right? It was a good event. Our buddy Adam, uh, uh, oh, Bart, he smoked them. Like, big smallmouth. Uh, I can tell you if they would do a late fall, like last week, oh, October 1st of November, the amount of awesome topwater fishing and smallmouth fishing would be insane. It would make for, uh, it wouldn't be a live scoping event. You know, you got guys running and gunning, uh, or you do it mid February, early March. Really would spread that, you know. Yeah. Personally, I hope everybody thinks Kentucky Lake stinks and that just <laughs> allowed me to actually catch some brown fish. Yeah. So, my understanding, MPFL qualification is, uh, I don't think you can just register, but you just have to submit an application. And then if you got the money, they'll take You're you. In. Yeah. I think that you got to at least submit a resume and some other yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, they, they're it's just not, not like just take... first come, first serve. But if you can, yeah. They kind of want to just see a resume and have a conversation with the anglers to make sure you're kind of legit and serious. And then, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not taking Randy Flowers or anything. Well, Actually, they might take Randy Flowers, but Jimmy Dale that changes oil down at the quick stop has only fished one tournament in his life. They're probably going to bet an eye. All right. Anything else? MPFL? I think they're well positioned to keep prospering. Right. Looks like Patrick Walters might win the uh, the Lanier event, and he's leading with by 15 ounces going into tomorrow. So I guess, yeah, there's live coverage tomorrow of the final event on Lanier. Uh Maybe he'll buy himself a nice pair of shorts afterwards. So there is that. So if you guys are interested, check it out. I always forget. <laughs> but uh, all right. 
So we talked MPFL. Yeah, <clears throat> like five. Or let's six let's sneak one more things. small topic in here before I open some more baits here. So we had that whole. We're not going to open the front-facing sonar can of worms here, but in response to the front-facing sonar, Bassmaster came out with their Bass Technology Committee. Mm. So they had this whole press release, basically said, we're not doing anything now, but we've got a group of anglers and bass officials that are going to like interview everybody and submit data, and they're going to figure out you know, how much impact in top 10 and checks cash that, and percentage of fish caught on front-facing sonar and all this stuff. I guess it's okay to like collect the data, but it, it seems like a bit of a pacifier to me at this point. Yeah. But so here's a little fact for you. Who or maybe you can answer who is the only angler to make a first or second plate finish that did not use forward facing sonar this year? Rush in the didn't tournament. use it at all? Didn't use it in the like tournament. didn't have it on their boat? They had it on their boat, they didn't have it turned on didn't use it to aid in their finish in an elite series event yeah <clears throat> i mean the sabine probably brock mosley um little rich got it mark menendez second place the same thing never used it during a tournament but I think, he, yeah, and so I, I find mean, that out because of your data committee actually put it in front of them. So this is the only guy that yeah, we I know mean, of it, it didn't for seem sure. like it was much of a factor for Brock Mosley and Sabine. I watched a fair amount of that live. Yeah, coverage. I think I think Brock didn't use it hardly at all. You know, I mean, um, if he was, it was probably more like scanning to look at some of those underwater posts right. and making sure he was making good casts or maybe watching for bait. I don't think he was necessarily like yeah. casting at fish. So the story Mark told me is he used it in practice and it was jacking up because he's fishing these cypress knees and he kept seeing all these fish swim and what it, he found out was catfish spawning. And when he would beam over there, the bass would run out of there. So he said, you know what, I'm going old school. I'm turning it off. I'm either going to hero or zero and it worked out for him. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, band-aid, pacifier. I, I don't know if this is going to do anything. I still think... Personally, I think we need to put like some kind of cap on technology, limit yeah. the screens, limit something like I'm for that. Bass boats are crazy expensive. Like we just gotta do something to like just using the old COVID term, like uh what is it? The <laughs> cut off the curve or whatever we called it, right? Like yeah, slow down the curve or whatever. Like it's a this this like people start putting like you know, seven, 16 inch units on their boats. And if that becomes the new norm, like if we're trying to grow the sport and make it, I mean, it's not accessible, but if we keep moving the ladder and the, it's just like crazy. I think at some point we got to do something, you know, whether it's four screens or 60 inches or whatever, like, I think there's got to do something there. Um, Sorry, Kirk, I'll talk into my mic more. Yeah. So I'm for that. I'm totally for technology. Um, You know, just like, Though there's something about like yesterday going fishing uh with Jerry. We uh yes, flatten the curve. That's what I was We just looked, found some bait and made casts and didn't stare at a screen and boom, they'd blow up and you you use your natural kind of instincts and kind of figure out a little bit of a pattern. Uh and then every now and then you get surprised by one you're covering some water just looking and bam, you run into a giant smallmouth. I mean that that's still exciting to me. Uh I yeah. like 
scoping and stuff like that, but there's got to be some limitations. Uh, one on a financial end, because all the guys that want to grow up and do this, you're looking, I got to have three HDS 12s. I've got to have a hummingbird. Then I got to have a live scope. And then you've got $15,000 before you put gas in, in the boat that cost you $70,000. Um, I think screen limitations good. Uh, I'm hoping that, and I'm not, I'm not Randy on this, you know, I'm four forward facing sonar, but I think one, one unit, one transducer, that's it. And maybe, yeah. maybe no one's talked about this. Maybe there's no, uh, rotary accessories. You know what I mean? Where you can yeah. line your, it, cause the skill part in forward facing sonar to me, the hardest part is being able, and Matt Robertson's so good at this, being able to work a bait and keep your transducer focused on the bait. Uh, when you got that, I don't even know what they call turret or whatever. You can just move the turret and you're always on it. I think turrets got to go. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah. Bring back the A-Rig. Absolutely. Put a, put a cap on the technology a little bit. Just, rain in a little bit um anyways uh but yeah overall i'm still for it like actually so I was gonna, oh yeah what i was gonna say is this last weekend the mea weekend we had i was fishing out of my buddy's legend super nice boat he's got a a, a fortrex on it he's got three like pretty old whatever the first year they had touch nines mm -hmm. he's got like a a bent like his 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 uh his structure scan looks like a banana, so you know it's not real. Like so, we're like I was like scanning around. Like I think those are some rocks, and like fishing in like his front depth finder, just two D. So like, and we caught smallies on football jigs, and it was a little refreshing. But when it was windy, it was really missed spot lock big oh, time. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know like if I had. Either my 360 or my live scope, we would have caught way more smallies, I'm sure. But, you know, <clears throat> dude, I remember ledge fishing without spot lock, without a GPS. And hey, there's toss the marker buoy. There they are, toss the buoy. And you really aren't seeing fish, you're just marking bait where it should be. Honestly, now thinking about it, I wish if he had a buoy. I don't know if he did, but if he did, I should have thought to use it because, like, we were fishing some, like, kind of big rock flat humps. And, like, when I caught a four-pounder, it would have been nice to kick over the buoy and at least try to keep the boat in the same spot and mm -hmm. then try to repeat those casts. So, um, I, I mean, I, I always used to keep a buoy in my boat. Um, Dude, so The buoy's more, for me, uh, was always more to wear a cast. Yeah. I didn't really want well, to it mark gives you a reference fish. point, right? If anything, like you could be marking like the top of a hump or the tip of a point, or a lot of times when I was like before I had spot lock or anything like that, if I was fishing a weed line or a, a big flat or something where it was like I was offshore enough where it would be hard to triangulate. Mm -hmm. Like if I hooked a good one, I would just kick my buoy in. Then I could knew I could pin my boat basically right next to the buoy, and then I could remake that cast to that inside turn or that point or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely different ways to use it, but basically you, you could almost use it in an old school spot lock. It's like, okay, I dropped my buoy. Now if I keep my boat next to the buoy, I mm -hmm. can try to repeat my cast, right? Absolutely. So <clears throat> Yeah. All right. What not option number one? Yep. This is the first one I ever did. And I, I do want to say something. If you, 
you're in the chat and you participate and whatnot i really appreciate it i'm just trying to move some baits and uh, we'll get cooler stuff i do think this winter i will probably try some whatnot because it seems pretty nice that you can still stream to youtube at the same time although right. vertical it's but very right so it still would give me an opportunity to hang out with you guys <clears throat> and then i'd love to figure out how like you could join in and you know vice versa because obviously there's some stuff that uh, guys like you i get stuff i'm like i don't know a whole lot about this but rich but oh yeah we use that sure. up here and this and that so that would be cool but i definitely got like so i could like piecemeal these baits or bring them to a swap meet but like i may not make any money selling them on whatnot but i could move them and then we could have a conversation and hang out and yeah, make it entertaining absolutely. so I got some maybe like some older reels that I'm calling out, and I was like, "Yeah, I could put them on Facebook Marketplace, but probably be more fun to see if somebody, let's a viewer, you know, like." I could write a novel on Facebook Marketplace selling a vehicle. Absolutely, one of the worst experiences yeah. of my life. Then you don't have to I worry didn't about learn my lesson it. the first time, so I did it. The second is this time. still available? Respond thirty seconds. Yes, it is. Never hear from them again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I got the cash, see, where do we bro. start here? I only right. got five so first, grand. This is the so let's let's see. Well, let me try to remember what I ordered. So I think I bid on this first. Yes, I think this was custom the first painted mag draft. And you so can you see got a the... custom painted mag draft. Maybe give the guys a. I don't remember who did these or. Uh, Mark Restivo painted those, and I got those from Simmons, uh, or Dance Sporting Goods. Dude, that sucker! I'm telling you, Rich, you can probably tell him now. It looks amazing in-person video what you're putting on the stream like it looks, still looks good, pretty on, good the on the stream and actually the mag draft um i actually caught some pretty nice fish after i broke my native gill and, and i've had the mag draft's a good bait i catch a lot of fish on it like mm -hmm. it casts easy you don't need a giant rod a, a jig rod does just fine yeah <clears throat> it gets Pound and a half, two pound bites. It gets bigger than average bites. You can skip it really well. Uh, the other thing I did with mine this last weekend, I just put a, I, I used a bobber stop and a tiny little bullet weight just on the nose, just so I could like cast it and reel it and just work it a little further. Didn't seem to impede the action at all. Magdraft's a good bait. <clears throat> I'm not a mega bass lover, but I love, I do like the Magdraft. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't hate on the Magdraft. It's a great bait. Then you got a good deal. You can see the price I paid for it. It's on the back of the package. So cool, but this is uh, this will definitely get thrown around next year, and it will get bit. Uh, you know what's cool about Magdraft is you. I don't. I would say you have way less gizzard shad and threadfin. I do, and you throw that sucker up north, and they just crush it. Like that, it kind of proves that if you don't have shad they still bought shad profile bass. yeah we, we don't and I, I throw the white one all the time and there's nothing that's white <clears throat> and it's like i don't know kind of like throwing a white swim jig um let's see here thanks for joining clay always appreciate you in the stream <laughs> meet halfway for a rod from wisconsin from <laughs> uh <clears throat> yeah some reels uh let's see plays here all right <clears throat> all right so then i think hmm i think i went Blade i think there's only three things that i bought yes and i think this was the second thing 
So the way whatnot works, I think I ended up paying three seventy five for shipping on the first bait, right? Roughly, and it was whatever I paid twenty bucks for the mag draft or fifteen or eighteen or yeah, something yeah. or like, whatever. Yeah. So it was like about the cost of a regular mag draft. I got the custom painted one for about that plus shipping. So then when I he had this uh, smaller plopper. What is this? The seventy five. And the old yellow box, so most people that are into ploppers will say tell you that the older River to Sea yellow box were the ones that are legit. And the ones in the mm-hmm. red box, they still catch fish, but they're not as good as the yellow ones. And I think you had this for like seven bucks. Yeah. And so I bid on this. Nobody else has bid on it. And then I think shipping for this one was only like 99 cents or a buck or yeah. something because so I already had it. Does... I'd already won one auction. Yeah. So whatnot already like starts combining them. And uh, so then I only had to like, so then I was like, once I had one thing then I was like, oh, well, this was a pretty good deal. It's only a buck for shipping. So I got this bait for like less than 10 bucks. Yeah. I forgot what they are. (laughs) 12 bucks. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. That's how it works. So when you're a seller on whatnot, you'll enter in the weight of that item. And so how USPS works, if you're less than a pound, you're going to get the best rate of shipping. So if you're buying hard baits, Dude, you can buy nine or ten hard baits, and you're going to get very cheap shipping. But once you get over a pound, you know, it's automatically priority mail. But there's different auctions. I'll explain it to you. It's pretty simple. So then you got one of your late auctions. You got a couple of these poor boy blade baits. Dude, I'd never have seen them ever. I I don't know much about them. I think I've seen them because poor boy has done different things. But, like... What did I pay? Four bucks for these? Yeah. And I think at this point, it cost me zero to add the shipping on these. So I figured, mm-hmm. like, hey, uh, a, a three-quarter ounce blade bait in silver, which everybody knows that blade baits catch them in the winter and early spring. But the downside of a blade bait is you're going to lose them. You're going to stick them in rocks. You're going to stick them in a stump. If you're fishing them right, mm-hmm. they're going to get hung up. So for two bucks a piece, it was a no-brainer. Like, hey, you can always have a couple blade baits ro- rolling around. For your sake, I hope that doesn't turn into, like, the best blade bait ever, because I don't know if you'll ever be able to find any more of them. Surely somebody's got some. Yeah, I guess just post it in the uh, the Instagram chat, right? Yeah. We can do a bait ID. Yeah. All right, so now you said the goodies. So Baitman threw in a used, or at least it was tied on at one point, because yeah. it's got the, the knot on it. <laughs> But this is one of your, this is the spot sticker, I think, right? Yep, spot sticker. That's the Bateman special. That's not the mini me. That's the, the what they call the shad head. And I was thinking, I got to get one to Rich. You know, it imitates a perch up there. So, um, yeah, I wish I would. I was catching them on a spinnerbait last weekend and I didn't have very many spinnerbaits with me. I bet you this thing would have got slammed. So, dude, they, they run so smooth. So smooth. I think that one's yeah, half. It's a good looking spinnerbait. Cool. Thank you very much. So I think what what the lesson is here, if you become a, a regular whatnot uh, customer, you might find out with extra stuff in your box. This is true. I told guys last stream I got so much random stuff laying around that I'm just like, you know what? Guy spends a little bit of money. I throw him. Did you end up throwing money. in those uh, new six cents baits into people's yeah, boxes? Uh, yeah. So I got everything packaged up today. I won't be able to get the post office till Monday. I, I try to ship the next day, but I was working and I stayed up really late last. Do you time. have any? Really do you time. have one of those, or do you? Yeah, them all in there. Yeah, let me find them while you're looking. But this is an Ignite Baits four inch Kentucky Lake special. 
Looks like a good uh, A-Rig swim bait is what it looks like. Yeah, very good. You can also put those on a little round ball head. Yeah. Um, I figured you might like the theme of the box. <clears throat> Hopefully I do get to throw a Minnesota regular on a little bit here in the near future. So. <clears throat> yeah, here's the it six. It is change you spinner bait. Um, yeah, Ryan Coleman did those special for me. So he called it the Bateman special. We didn't want to step on a six cents change you so but here's a new worm this is called the judge uh if you look at the profile of this worm a couple of guys on whatnot i'm sending some some of these in your box um it's like a soft plastic fluke and then it's got this hook style tail very soft it's got a hook slot on the bottom but the really cool part is right here where your hook comes out the top it's got that little fin slash slot that Keeps it kind of weightless. Keeps the point kind of pushed down in there so it don't hang up on grass. Really, really cool deal. Very similar to the old Trixie Shad. Yeah. Man, Halabass pointed out from Reaction Innovations, which was a cool bait, but didn't get a lot of love. I think the Trixie Shad. So do you see this more as a traditional swimming worm or using this more as a topwater swimming worm? <sighs> I mean, obviously me, it could be both, but where you think it's going to, like, excel? I think excel. it really will excel, like fishing it with a little bitty 16th ounce weight on it, like burning it above grass in Florida, Seminole, places like that. Like a, or, like a skinny dipper. Yeah, kind of like a skinny dipper. Or I, a I think it could big be, easy. Yeah, big easy, very similar. I think it'll also be really good, believe it or not, for brush pile fishing. That daggum strike king uh, worm, cutter worm for some reason, in mm -hmm. a brush pile with a little heavier weight, when it's just falling straight down, they, they like that vibration of the tail. So it's a really unique, unique design. Um, again, it's like an old school bait that had been made before, but um, I like the ribs on it. I'm a big, I like my rib. I, I heard, I heard rib. Ben say, I, I think he was on BTL, and he said there's like, I don't remember what the number was, but it was a crazy number of new baits coming out next year for like 60 baits or something. It was like a, 30 like it was like an he, he didn't get in his position but he said like they're basically coming out with piles of stuff still next year yeah. <laughs> um you know I, I i've talked to casey and ben and you know we we communicate quite often and they're wanting to fill voids in every spot you know they want uh the company to grow to you know i'm not going to say pure fishing levels but uh you know you look at striking uh, they've got about everything filled, crappie, panfish. And, and so that's what I want people to realize. They're not just going to expand just the bass line, but the, the panfish line, some trout stuff, I think, may be coming. I mean, you know, if you go to a store in Colorado, you buy different stuff than what you'll find at Gunnersville, Alabama. And let's be honest, tournament bass fishing is still a small percentage of fishing sales. And, um, you know, you can cover all your bases when you get panfish and crappie and walleye and stuff like that so it, it's a good r&d yeah it feels like six cents yes tom is, you're correct basically plan is to come out with a bait in every category in every niche but just make it look cooler and sexier than everybody else does yeah like you know what i mean like their average paint job their average soft plastic colors just in general are better than everybody else's i think right. to some degree like right and that's not uh, knocking anybody else. That's their niche. You know, when yeah. I talk about six cents, you know, at work, you know, I always wear this hat. 
People are like, dude, their paint jobs are so good. You know, you know that used to be Lucky Craft's deal. Man, I love them Lucky yeah. Craft colors. Now they're all meh. But you know, if you got a niche, export it. So then we got a finesse F four. <clears throat> yep, and that's a special In, uh, that's a special color. Good luck charm, exclusive color. So I've got the, I've definitely caught fish on the, what is it, the seventy flat seventy fives, right? Is that what it? Mm-hmm. And this is similar but a little different, right? Yeah, dives just a hair deeper. Okay. Uh, got the micarta bill a little bit bigger, <laughs> not my much. It's got a knocker in it, and I do like that. Cool. All right. So that's the what knots. <laughs> Six cents is ADM. <laughs> American domestic market. Um, all right, let's see. Back to bass talk. Uh, let's talk about the bass open changes. Let's at least be positive. Sure. Let's talk about some things uh, that actually seem to be going in the right direction. Put some more money in people's pockets. Yeah, so not going to read through the press release, but uh, basically the entry fees would go up $200, but that all that $200 is going to the payout. And so I did watch a Jamie Bruce video, and basically the payout went from like, based on a 225 boat field, went from like 70 to 71% to like almost 74%. So they, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but they basically added 3% right into the angler's pockets. And mm -hmm. let's face it, the open payouts weren't great. So anything you add is definitely, and it, now it seems like, it, and they also go a little deeper. Now they're going to 45 places, which is only five spots, but like guys like Panger say that live in that, you know, 35 to 50 range, like you get one or two more $4,000 checks a year. That That's a big deal for some of these guys. It is. <laughs> so, um, and then on top of that, they basically added $100,000 in AOI payouts or they added 90. I think there was 10,000 AOA payouts just to the top guy this year. Now the top 10 guys all get money. I think the top guy gets like 45,000 and it trickles down. Um, so basically if you make the elites, you're going to have a little seed money. If you win it, yeah. you're basically going to have your entry fees paid by the, mm -hmm. the winnings. And then everybody else is going to have a little something, which I think is a good move. So basically they added, yeah, over a hundred thousand dollars. They extended the payouts. It's good. A um, couple other kind of meaningful changes. They went from 30 days off limits of being on the water down to two weeks, which is probably good for the, I guess, not necessarily for the uh, elite or the, the EQ guys, but it's good for the single division guys, the guys that are going to fish right. one division, right? Guides, tournament anglers. Uh, I'm seriously considering fishing the division three next year. So like that would make it a lot easier for me if I want to fish some other tournaments in my area and not have to be right. off the water. Like if I wanted to fish a BFL three or four weeks before the opens, then that would still be an option. Yeah. Um, shout out to a, a friend of mine that I got to know here on Kentucky Lake. He's in the coast guard and he's moved several times. I believe he was the highest finishing, uh, non EQ guy. Uh, his name is Kyle Metzger. And hmm. I think, and, and so Kyle, his first year fishing the opens, uh, he did awesome. And I want to shout out Kyle. He's a great fisherman, even better person. And, uh, so if you get to watch this Kyle or somebody says, Hey, I heard you on Hellabass. Mm -hmm. come from here. Great, great guy, but he did really, really good. And I, I think those guys need to be a little rewarded as well. 
Yeah. And the payout increase actually even helps the single division guys too, to some degree, which is nice. Um, And then the no information goes from five days up to 14. How enforceable is that? But that seems like a right step in the right direction. People hiring guides, getting information, at least you make it out to two weeks, things that are happening two weeks before practice, which means three weeks before the tournament probably are not likely to hold up much. So that's probably a move in the right direction. How yeah. enforceable is it? Hopefully people will follow it. <laughs> yeah. But... <clears throat> it's kind of one of the deals. It's, you know, it's hard to trace cash. I'm not saying everyone's doing it. We all know guys get help, even at the top level. But it's when they're getting help is, is the key. You know, if Marty Stone, which he probably needs all the help he can get, let's be honest. If he was to call well, me. You did, so speaking of that, you, you did hear that he got let go from the MLF broadcast team. Yeah, he did. And I like Marty as a person. Um, but he's a little dry and he's very repetitive. Um and, and I like him. He's a good dude. You know, I got to work with him when he was on the Lucky Craft Pro Staff and Classic Patterns, but you know, they needed a change and I think Marty probably understands that. I don't doubt he's really mad at about it, you know. It kinda great got grandfathered into that. Um, but uh yeah, the off-limits deal, you know, if, if a random angler calls me tomorrow to ask about Kentucky Lake in March, I mean, I can give him some general information, but, dude, our, these lakes change so fast. Now, what they're trying to limit is guys getting info two weeks or prior. Yeah, and, like, there's a yeah, school on this hump, and in those six fish days may not fishing move. a tournament, they yeah. might still be there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, um trying to think what else is happening uh, it sounds like going forward they're actually like right now the five days of practice which i know a lot of the anglers wanted to see it four three days a little bit more like the elites you know mirrored up like that but the, the these contracts and bids and rfps right re- requests mm-hmm. for proposals with these cities they work on those two plus years in advance and those are based on how many how many anglers, how many co-anglers, how many nights of hotels they're going to be at. So uh, Trip, not Trip, Hank Weldon did say yep. that the new F- RFPs that are going out for whatever year, 24, 25, 26, are going with a reduced practice schedule. So in a year or two, we will probably see it go down to three or four days for opens for official practice. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you right now the reason there's not a bass open on kentucky lake and it was going to happen in prime time is because the marshall county tourism board did not respond to the Bassmaster email left them on red and that source come to me for someone who is there not at bass and i'm like what do you mean y'all didn't respond to them well, we'd already had MLF schedule a um, tour event, non-BPT, whatever, Tackle Warehouse Tour, and we just didn't know what to do or say. I'm like, I would take the open over that any day of the week. You know how many anglers? You got co-anglers coming. I mean, dude, you want to get the lake back on the scene. I, I'm just going to call it. Like I said, I think there's some ducket shenanigans going on in that deal. Like, oh, they called you? Well, we'll just move our business yeah. down to... Our Alabama. headquarters is right down the road. <laughs> yeah. I would right. boy like that for Bass to come his now business backyard 
and more more eyes be on a Bassmaster Open than than Tackle Warehouse or whatever. I don't know. They change it every year. Might yeah, and I guess the other big thing next year. is they are doing live coverage on Bassmaster.com for all mm-hmm. nine opens. Yep. So that's going to be a big thing for guys, and that helps the EQ guys. That helps the people fishing single divisions. Uh, step in the right direction for sure. And, I, and there's a lot of people that I get to feel, and I hear this in the chats and I see people talking about it to, to some degree, I think there's more interest in following the lives of the opens than there is for mm-hmm. the elites. I think it's uh, like, so Milliken, huge deal this year. Not going to lie. You know, Ben's my buddy. I rooted for him every tournament. I wanted to see him prove the haters wrong. And he did. Uh, but Ben's a great fisherman, but so many new anglers, I'm seeing posts on Facebook and some of these fishing groups and stuff like the six cents page. They don't never really fished or they couldn't tell you anybody else that fished open. They're watching Ben and they start to, you see them start talking about other guys. So they're, they're following They're They're, they're watching a guy chase his dream and, you know, got a lot of new eyeballs on this thing. And I'm, I'm telling you, there'll be another person or two next year that guys start to relate to and they're they're gonna follow i followed ben i followed john garrett and the two guys i wanted most to make it they made it and you know that's why i follow the opens Uh, good comment tim (laughs) damn cool yeah and i guess there's a couple of their minor tweaks and changes but i think that's the gist of it and overall i think i haven't heard anybody really complain or knock it uh, I'm sure Blockett will figure out a way to why it's ruining the sport, but uh, I'm I'm banned from commenting on Blockett on, fa- on I, Facebook. I don't watch it, so I don't comment. But I just feel like uh, I see his like posts and I see his titles, and I don't typically watch them. But uh, it always cracks me up that he posts in today's video, but he posts three videos a day. So I'm like, it really confuses me because I'm like, I'll say today, but this is the third one today. How about today's third video I made up? Yeah, I, I do want to not forget that this stream is presented by Arsenal Fishing and boosted by Powerhouse Lithium, if I didn't mention that earlier. <laughs> Thank you, Powerhouse um, Lithium and uh, Arsenal Fishing for supporting this fine gentleman. Yeah, there are codes for both in the description if you want to take a look. But uh, I will tell you that the Powerhouse Lithium, when my motor died, I was able to go four and a half miles on the Mississippi River to get back to the ramp with my 36-volt Trolling motor batteries. <laughs> yeah, the old never starts probably wouldn't help me out back in the day. Uh, I, I, I tell yeah, you, that's a bad point. feeling, all the, though. All the, all the all block its miscuts give them plenty of time to uh, to do content. <clears throat> Damn. I feel like we should do, like, Omnicentral Roasts. All right. Let's get them baits out. Let's get that. Baits. What do we think? Omnia or Omnia Craft? I want to see Omnia Craft. Omnia Craft. Because I really like TK. Good dude. Good dude. It's kind of level of tape we have here. Yeah, I need to see that juice that Darius is using. Upstream hella or downstream? I don't know what that's in reference. I might have missed the go the joke on that. <laughs> oh no! When you're trolling, it's oh, just your battery. It was a, l- a little bit of both. 
it was like upstream to a chute that was downstream, but then I was into the wind. So, ugh, packing peanuts, gross. TK, come on, yeah, you're better than that's this. like the what is, candy what is corn this? of shipping stuff. Just... What if they, they do seem like the environmentally friendly ones that if you poured water on them, they would melt, but. Not happy about having to deal with these peanuts, TK. All right, look at this little box. This is fun. I need a chair sponsor. Ooh. All right, so we got a, one of his newest stickers, Scoper Die. I like it. I've actually got a t-shirt with this on it. It's pretty cool. Did if you get peanuts, some... Darius? Y'all hear some weird noises. They're doing demolition derby right over here by my house. Because that's what we do here in Benton, Kentucky on Friday It's like nights. a little gift box. It's be like I'm opening some fine chocolates. And then we got another one of his new stickers here. Little slaps. Might have to put that next to the uh, the Dream Team on one of my mugs here. All right. So we got two baits here. Big M balsas. I'm glad so to see we got balls of a square bill. Is that a 1.5 or that 2.5? Can't I don't, I'm not good on my. This is basically a big M square bill balsa. What is this TK? Since you're TK, how dare you watch Kevin's stream? <laughs> 2.5. So this is a, a hand-carved 2.5 balsa square bill. That looks great, by the way. Yeah, with a very I love, classic I love the body shad. Very clean. But there's it's simple, but there's a ton going on as far as like the layers of colors and the scales and all that kind of stuff. But let's see the little the TK signature on the bottom. So that's one bait. And then I want to. This is a uh, a Bagley creation. Uh, I think I it's a like Killer a, B two. Yeah, yeah, really looks good. I like that that thumbnail lip, man. Great color. That's a Kentucky Lake color too. Okay. I'll give you kind of here's a. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know. There's an actual Bagley's, but you can see kind of the mm -hmm. the inspiration of the body shape and the di different lip here. But Bagley B three ish, he says. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not uh, I am not uh, super dialed in <clears throat> to the Bagley game as far as like knowing all my models and all that stuff. But but you can definitely see the shape yeah, and the inspiration. Old guys know him so well, but. That killer bee model is really good. It's great stunt bait. You know, now I can add it to my uh, growing collection of... Uh, it's getting bigger. That's what she said. All right. These scope, can you get... I don't know. I don't, these stickers may or may not be on the website, but... Uh, <laughs> so... All right. Well done. That's a fine box of balls. Are we saying this is a diving killer B2? Yeah, that is. Yeah. 
there's a deeper diving one too that's got a uh more of an extended lip i, I actually got one i'll show you you, you can make it tell me i think darius sent this to me if i can reach it if i can reach it um vertically challenged yeah gator it's gonna snow here tomorrow i think so yes that's why i'm wearing a beanie no, i can't get it down i i've got too much shit in the way part of my french i'm sorry uh chris my favorite bagley is a db3 i like a db3 now like a boss of b1 the old school boss of b1s the brass ties yeah gramps was able to use the uh <clears throat> the hellabas code to save on some uh chatterbait evos there you go what is up, JT? They probably use the uh, six cents. Probably use Bateman's code for six cents, which should be in the description of Bateman's video. Yeah, it's just Bateman. No tens, nothing. Yeah, my method cranks actually do run. I've tested Dude, them. I've if your method cranks run, you've got gold. Really cool bait. I had several years ago, but I had that problem, man. I'd make two or three casts, and they were just out to the side. Mm-hmm. There's that two that's I the ones I basically went and fished them all at the pond, and the ones that didn't run I sold on eBay. So you're the guy selling those baits that don't run right. <laughs> High tomorrow in the thirties here. That's right. <clears throat> yeah, we're getting a cold snap this weekend. I think it's gonna get in the low twenties at night. All right, what else do we have? Uh, so the Angler Protection Committee, that we didn't really touch on that. <clears throat> so the MLF comes out, BBT comes out, all these changes, and then there's this weird release that there's this Angler Protection Committee. So there's like an angler-led, I don't know, they're trying to get their voice together here because obviously they're not happy about 30 of their anglers losing their jobs, essentially. Right. I don't think they're going to get anywhere. I could be wrong. No. Um, so... I don't want to say anything I don't know of. Do the BPT anglers, do they have a contract with MLF? Or is it as simple as you're qualified and you can pay your entries and you can fish? Because at that point, the fishermen are independent contractors and Boy Duckett can do as he wants to. And so uh, I think it's a little too late to try to form a union. We've already had the PAA twice. Um and, and think about fishermen, and I hate to say it, and me and you do the same thing. They disagree a lot. Me and you, and, and that's fine. I mean, you can disagree on things. We're still going to be friends. But, I mean, these guys, you get about 30 or 40 of them together, and it gets, they they roll in the dirt. It gets nasty. And that's one thing yeah. I think always hurt the PA. I think then, the, 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 the wheels are already in motion at this point. Right. <clears throat> I don't think maybe there's a couple small concessions, but it's not like all of a sudden there's going to be 80 guys fishing in 2025. Like, yeah, now's just too late to try to form a union. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I said, there's pros and cons to be of a union. You know, the biggest knock is sometimes a union allows people that don't perform well to get the same benefits as people who are performing very well. Not yeah, maybe Slick Johnson could save them, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'll buy my bias council. God dang it! I wanted Tennessee to beat their ass in that football game, just so I could TikTok Slick Johnson. But anyway, 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, I wish them well. I hope they get some concessions. I just don't know that. The other thing is, like, there's no motivation for the guys that are, like, solidly in the top perennial, top 20, 30 AOIs, the Wheelers, the Canals, mm-hmm. the Lucas, right? Jordan for Lee. them to stick their necks out. There's no, I mean, hate to say it, but there's, I mean, I was actually pretty impressed that uh, Jay Lee won on BPT mm-hmm. and talked pretty candidly. Because, like, actually, there wasn't much for him to gain. Like, he's obviously a perennial top five, top ten AOI guy. He's got no worries about making the top 50 cut. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it's, and it's clear that Boyd has no interest in listening to them. He basically said that in the press release that Bass Fan put out. Um, and I'll go say this. I, I, <laughs> as much as I don't like Boyd and I like don't like the way things have run at BPT, Overall, MLF, I don't want to see it fold. I don't think that'll be good for the industry. I don't think so, so either. Like, so where, where's your, again, I'm back to the grassroots guy. Got a guy in here who's won a regional. Brad Kell won one last year. Great dude. Just lives down the road from me. Um, he's won a regional, won a boat. Where, where are you, does the fishing industry go for grassroots if MLF goes, do they have, I mean, there's a lot of guys that just love fishing those BFLs, whether it's they even have aspire to make the all American or be a tour pro. Uh, it's, you know, the entry fees yeah, and then I mean, they I... did a good job at first, man, Boyd cut them entry fees. They were like 300 bucks boater and they went back down to like 200 and now it's gone up just a little bit. But I mean, I remember first time I fished boaters, 150 bucks. I could afford that. I have way less money than I do now. Not that I'm, really above poor but uh i think you don't want that grassroots that's one thing mlf flw still has it ain't perfect but bass has tried the abas and other stuff and they they, at least here they do not get the draw that uh mlf does yeah i mean i don't i think we the the bass industry will survive without the bpt But I don't think it does well if the uh, Toyotas and the, the BFLs disappear. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> all right. Omnia. No. Any guesses on what I would have recently bought at Omnia? I do, but I don't want to run it for anybody else. I also don't want to guess on who's leaving the BPT. <laughs> All right. This was just kind of, I saw some things pop up here and I actually posted about this, but so not the right time of year at all, but I did grab a couple of these Swamp Lords. I got one popping, one traditional. You'd be getting some frogs. It's not the right time of year, but I kind of wanted to get a look at them. Maybe do a little video. I've heard some really good things about those. Give me your first impression there, Rich. So this is kind of nice. The packaging has a hole in it. You can actually touch the frog and feel how soft mm. they are. Um, they, I mean, they pass the eye test when you look at them like online. So I went with a uh, a natural red color. Why did they tape the legs in here? That is stupid. Oh. All right. So I went with a natural red. I, I catch a lot of fish on this spro color in the bronze Dude. eye. Mm-hmm. Um. A little bit 
wider than a bronze eye, just first glance. Like this way, the profile's the same. This way, but this way, it's a little wider. I like really the, soft. The legs don't look overly like long. It's, but... it's it's the right feel. Like no red flags when you squish it there. Uh, kind of a thin wire or a thin material skirt. This is definitely a thinner skirt than most of your frogs. I have another frog out here somewhere. Dang it, now I'm going to have to buy some to edit my It actually reminds collection. me of these older swamp donkey legs that are real thin. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, this is definitely a thinner rubber than your average Spro or Pad Crasher, which I don't have handy. Um, hooks, really sharp. Um, it's covered up. I could see maybe wanting to tweak these hooks ever slightly and open them up. I guess you'd have to fish it to see and how the hookups, but they, they are kind of, you'd have to fish it to see if like, you know, do we have to worry about this like bunching up and like stabbing the side of the frog there uh, versus hooking up. So that, that might be something where you might need to tweak the hook just an angle or two, but that's um, they've got a little like shrink band there to like keep the hooks. It's silent. There is no rattle. Uh, it is your typical like round inserted weight there. So I guess time will tell whether that's a durable solution or one that falls out. It says Swamp Lord on the bottom in Berkeley. But uh, overall, like, can't wait it till looks the like ice a decent frog to throw to me. That. I'm not yeah. a frog expert like you. The way I fish a frog is totally different. But I yeah. will say that red-brown is a sleeper color. Man, I don't care yeah. if it's Spro. I've got a six-cents frog that color. I've got a jackal frog, gavacho that's like brown-red. I do so good on that color. So I, I wanted to get this one in the walking frog because I thought this was a pretty cool-looking color. I forget what they call this color. Ooh, I like that. It's yeah. kind of like you could say that's Omnia a was shad out of this imitator. In the walking frog. Mm -hmm. I could probably uh, pull it up here. That wouldn't be that hard. It's kind of a gill imitator. Could be a shad imitator. I do like on that. It's just not a solid white belly, which is fine. But they actually extend a little coloration down on the bottom. I do think bass see a more of a frog than we realize as it's sloshing through the water. Let's see if this is uh, Potomac is what it's called. Oh. Yeah, so. Yeah, so I was pretty excited. I thought that was a good looking frog. Mix it up a little bit. Um, so I would say similar soft. I actually feel like this might even hook up better than some popping frogs. But, uh. I wish Kentucky Lake would get grass back. They actually My put popping on the bottom of this. Up. As if I couldn't tell. <laughs> but I guess for the people that Dude, really don't I'm, know, it's on the bottom of the frog. Look, Elabas, maybe I'm just on social media more. But there's so many people in this world that don't know the difference between a popping and a walking frog and they couldn't tell you if they look at it but overall they got some decent looking colors and they got everything you need there's that net the copperhead green pumpkin maverick 
Good predictable blue gill. Blue gill color looks good. Look at this Maverick. Is that just black and then uh, that's that's not Maverick there. Like I've Omni always done good right, with just Omni white. doesn't have the right belly colors for some of these frogs, but but for a ten dollar frog, it seems pretty legit. Yeah, they seem like they have quite a few. Frog. You can use the code scrolling on the bottom of the screen if you want to grab some frogs during non-frog season. All right, so what else was in the box? I grabbed a couple of the highly anticipated Z-Man Evos. Chatterbait Elite. So these are the $10 Chatterbaits that came out at iCast. They're Swamp Lord almost also came out. Um, so I got a 3-8-ounce spot remover and a 3-8-ounce green pumpkin. So let's... Open one up. So what do you get for ten dollars? I think I think the hope at iCast was right for many of us is like, can I get most of the features of the all the all the features I want from a jackhammer, right? For ten dollars instead of eighteen. Mm -hmm. All right. So you got pretty decent looking snap there. No issues with the snap that I see. This has the original Chatterbait blade, so it depends on your thoughts on the original Chatterbait blade. Um, a pretty good-looking head, a much nicer-looking head than your um, traditional, like the original OG Chatterbait. The 3 8 ounce is on the bottom like a jackhammer. You do have a wire-tied skirt, which is one of the knocks, I think, of like the Elite, right? The one that was Tackle Warehouse yeah. exclusive doesn't have a tied skirt, I don't think. I do not um, believe a Thunder Cricket has a tied skirt either. You've got a double bait keeper. You've got a single barb and then a uh, a molded keeper. So it's not the double barb of a jackhammer, but you've got a two, you know, a double keeper. Um, this has got the cover on the hook, but I. So it say about the hook here. So custom five out like a... custom five out heavy duty needlepoint black nickel hook. So it doesn't say that it's mustad or gamagatsu or but it looks like a, a little bit of flex there. It's not but I mean for ten bucks I'm definitely gonna throw some of them. See what they're all about. Um the green pumpkin one here does have a green pumpkin blade. What's your preference on blade color on a bladed jig? I guess that kind of depends. Like, um, I feel like a lot of the jackhammers do a good job. I know I like that height gill, which has like mm -hmm. a what, like a watermelon purple orange skirt, and then it's got a gold blade. That does a really good job on our perch lakes up here. Um, so I'm not like, hey, it always has to be black. It always has to be silver. It always has to be gold. I think the Depending on the fishery and what I'm fishing in the, the forage, I'm okay with different blade colors. Yeah, so the one that's my favorite right now, and dude, so I was really upset when this smallmouth broke me off because I only got I might one more left. It's called Cold Chad. That's a JDM color, but the cool thing is that blades is silver blade, but it's matte. It's almost like sure. a grit. And it doesn't have a lot of flash. Um, but dude, it, 
I think that's that's part of why sometimes that one gets bit because it's they're keying more in on that vibration than the, the flash of the blade. Then you can go vice versa and say, hey, on an overcast day, maybe you want that gold blade, you want that flash, but um, I just wish I yeah. So they they got they've kind of done the same thing here. So this one has like a green pumpkin purple gold fleck blade. This one's got kind of a copper blade. Black and blue's got a black blade. This one's got a copper. This has got more of a gold blade. This one's got kind of a... Electric Shad has like a glitter silver. I like the Electric Shad one. And this, the, their Lava Craw has an orange blade. So... I would say the other jackhammer color I've done really, really well with, probably my favorite, is the green pumpkin with the red. I think it's hot, mm -hmm. hot crawl. That's I'm not a fire crawl guy. I, I just feel like everyone starts throwing it, and I, I like that more natural. Yep, Cold Shad's got a little pink stripe in it. And the white. I do want to try the Chatterbomb, which is the XBS branded mm -hmm. Z-Man bait. So I'll probably grab some of those, do a comparison. Hook's pretty darn sticky. Like that's a good hook. Now, what, how does it hold up? Is it sharp? Does it stay sharp? I think if I have any plastics here that we can thread on here to see how this bait keeper works. It looks like, uh, so like, uh, I like that six cents juggle metal. That's what I had on the other day. Something like that, that's kind of a narrow head. Mm -hmm. You really got to line it up right. I'm not sure how that hook keepers it could it could bust it but if you want something like a spunk shad that's bigger and, and fatter uh i think it definitely would hold it very well i'll just i'm just gonna throw like a little cinco tail on here just for uh somebody said the chatterbomb has an enormous hook in it though I, I guess i don't know what that means all right so we'll just it means you have like a three inch every stunt. dinger here We'll see how it. I mean, seems pretty legit. Like what on easy? Yeah. She's pretty locked on there. Like, honestly, though, yeah, how many trailers are you really gonna go through on a chatterbait if you got it rigged up right? Not very often, but no. seems passes the smell test. I have not heard. I've heard rumors about it coming up, but I don't know anything specifically. Twenty twenty five, TK. Flippinoki says the Chatterbomb comes in a white with it, pink it color does. combo. It does. <laughs> yeah, I was pissed. Um, what was that? Was that a tackle blade walker, man? So I'd heard all these rumors about how these hooks were brittle and the break and whatnot. So I just, you know, I just flexed it and went. Kong. There's more to that story, and I don't want to throw the guy from Tech under the bus, but he acted like, well, that's no, it's no big deal. We actually used a bunch of refurbished hooks for that, and I'm on. Gator says the XPS only has a lead keeper only. I'm on Facebook, so you knowingly use refurbished hooks, and it's okay for. Oh, oh, kind of made me upset, dude. I, I like those ones the dude sent me titties jig works. 
Dude, he makes a good bloody jig. Yeah. And Sean makes an awesome looking colors too. Tyler, are you streaming tonight? <laughs> are you doing the late night shift tonight? All right, what else? I think they open all my baits. <clears throat> That's all I had. You know, I never would have they thought this. They do have this. a pile of those Evos. If people want to check them on Omni, you can use the code on the bottom, and so you can basically get those chatterbaits for eight fifty with the uh, OMHB twenty three October for the next few days. Hello, best. I don't know how much you throw a bladed jig. You know, I've started throwing it more and more. I'll, I kind of keep one tied on, but they're starting to be kind of like crankbaits to me. Uh, as good as a jackhammer is, there are certain ones I bought that just outperform. Like sure, the one that I broke off the other day, I've had it all year, and it's caught fish every trip, and it just it runs, starts up, runs good, good thump, broke me off, tied another one on, and this one like hunts too much, like I'm really, and you just feel it just jerking, jerking. And yeah, I, have to get my I had one like that in my recent trip up north. It was like a chartreuse and white one. That thing was just constantly like just, yeah, it was. There's a happy blowing out. There's a happy medium on them jackhammers. You find the right one that just hunched just a little bit, but tracks straight. Man, that's the one. You get one that doesn't hunt or hunts too much. It just it throws out of balance. So, what what are your thoughts on the what's it called, Colby? That new chatterbait. It's not a chatterbait. It's got a weird name. It's a JDM. Have you seen it? What's it? Uh, Tyler or uh, Jersey yeah. should be able to know what I'm talking yeah. about. If Rick Bartz is in here. He probably knows too. It's the. Uh, the Bass Puzzle grass piece. I don't know if I've ever seen it. What? Where have you been, Bateman? Dude, I've been working a lot. Dude, I have not made a tackle warehouse order all year. I don't even think you, can, you probably can only get it at the hookup, I'm guessing. Of course. Haven't made an order there either. But Ben was nice to send me a bento box. There you I go. did not realize so many people collected those bento boxes and resold the baits. Oh, this thing up. I thought it looked stupid. It looked like it would not come through grass at all when I looked at it. <laughs> uh, Kobe oh, said uh, he did pretty well on them and he's made some. So, oh, I got you. Hmm. It's almost like a short arm spinnerbait. Yeah. Uh, and they've replaced it with a acre shaker. If anybody knows what the acre shaker is. So it's supposed to be all the rage. But uh, I have not tried it. So uh, Colby was going to hook us up and do a little giveaway on a future show uh, with some of his homemade ones. So there you go. Learn something new today. The bass piece. grass. The bass puzzle grass piece. A piece of bass. All right, 90 minutes. Do we, uh, anything else you want to talk? I will say, I know you, uh, 
James Watson, one of those guys that you think should catch him better, but he was apparently entertaining listen. Right. I know people, some people are fans of Luke Duncan, some are not. Luke didn't do a lot of talking. It was basically Watson ranting about Boyd Duckett. It's a pretty entertaining listen. Yeah, I, I like James Watson. And and so, and I don't mean that negative, so you need to catch more fish. Uh, I like Watson. Um, and, and he's caught fish. And, and I get it, man. People were even the best. KVD had some down years. Uh, and I understand that frustration, you know. Uh, I hadn't listened to the interview on duncan's channel and i'm not going to for personal reasons but uh i've heard enough of what he said that i i you know i agree with james you know and it's about exposure and it's about you being promised things and they don't deliver and then you're basically cutting people out of their livelihood and you know some of these companies need to understand that these guys that are doing these things on social media uh they've got to do it even more because now they're going to get even less exposure the one i I thought was funny and and so james posted this on uh it was a comment so bobby lane who uh doesn't even fish mlf anymore he's fishing the bass opens winter boat restoration dude lives in florida what kind of restoration or winterization winterization what kind of winterization is bobby lane really doing on a bass boat but yeah so he he left the tour yeah what did he know about boat winterization and so you got we're you know right it comes out right at the same time right as they're like we're cutting to 50 because we can't give enough publicity to the 80 guys we have yet we're featuring an article on our website of a guy that left us and watson just freaking went after him was like what kind of shit is this like you just cut us out of jobs and you're here promoting somebody that doesn't winterize their boat and is fishing the other tour give me a break and uh you know i just i i left some kind of instagram gif or something but i mean i agree with him it's common sense like who's running that social media team do they have a clue it's like when uh forgot who it was uh uh won a bass event and then power pole hashtag major league fishing in the post i was like yeah that's a good way to lose a job but you know yeah it it's really... it's watson's a funny dude i think he's naturally funny uh, i'd like to see not not a fresh. good look especially at that time when you're telling you're telling your anglers you can't promote 80 as well as you can promote 50 and you're promoting guys that aren't even on the tour anymore correct so yeah that's an excellent point like how much is it that they're not mlf is not willing to put in the work versus the anglers you know 10 years ago i could say man there's a lot of anglers that don't put in the work i think a lot of guys whether they're paying somebody to do their social they do it themselves guys are putting in the work but i always tease martin and this like dude you get a lot of traction for what you post it's very raw i can tell you took a 10 second video on your cell phone but he's really consistent. He does it every day. It's a Yamaha, a Strike King, a Hypertech or something. But he does the work. You know, there was a lot of guys trying to get by on just the skills. And, you know, we have the whole Guggen squad, the YouTube influencer area. You know, we're part of that. And, dude, I do as bad as job as anyone these days at being consistent. But consistency does pay off. And when they change those algorithms... Sometimes being Mr. Consistent, not versus Mr. Eye Candy or Funny Man, will pay off. 
you know, so. How about an actual fishing question? Let's go. Uh, Michael, I actually definitely start. I mean, I definitely, the chatterbait definitely catches them in the fall. But the mm-hmm. spinnerbait, I definitely start to pick up and test and do like a little more what I would call A-B testing between my spinnerbaits and chatterbaits. And this weekend, there were times when I was catching them on better on the chatterbait, and there were times I was catching them better on a spinnerbait. So I think, I mean, they both catch fish all year long, but I think early in the spring and later in the fall, spinnerbaits definitely play a bigger role for me. What do you say, Bateman? Uh, as the water gets a little bit colder and those fish seem to get a little bit tighter to the stumps, a little bit more relative to the bottom, or vice versa, they want to chase and you burn a spinnerbait. But, dude, I I would say it's about 50-50. When I went yesterday, uh, I threw a spinnerbait quite a bit, and they just didn't want to eat it. They claw, That one clobbered that jackhammer. Um, I think you can cover water faster in the fall uh, with a bladed jig. And unless you're getting out on a flat or you're burning a blade over points, you know, just reeling it you know 90 mile an hour and that's a really awesome strike too although but, you know a double willow you can mm-hmm. move pretty quick yes you can and that's what i was throwing this past weekend too so it really depends on the style of spinnerbait in clean water a double willow which i throw a lot in, up here in, in minnesota right you can pretty much keep it moving almost as fast as chatterbait but depends on the water and the style of spinnerbait for sure yeah, uh, I think if you got a lot of vegetation hanging around in the fall, whether it's hydrilla, millful, or whatnot, I think that chatterbait's a little bit easier to fish and get through there versus a spinnerbait. Uh, spinnerbait tends to, if there's any clumpy stuff, it really binds the blades, whereas a blade you can rip it free a little bit. But uh, I I feel like if you're fishing in the fall, especially right now where I'm at, you got to have both. One thing I do feel like a spinnerbait does better than a chatterbait. So I like to fish a lot of stumps visually or brush piles visually. Spinnerbait's going to come through a stump or through wood 10 times better than a bladed jig. I just, you throw a bladed jig by a stump and you hit the stump, you might as well go get it. It's going to get hung up. But that spinnerbait, you can really finesse around and make multiple, multiple casts most of the time. There's one thing I want to mention here. And then we got some more questions lined up here. So, Arsenal Fishing is doing a five-day spooky sale. Uh, they got a bunch of deals here. Everything's twenty-five percent off if you use their code Halloween twenty-three. I guess I'll just throw this link in here too, if anybody wants to check this out. Um. But uh, they got 50% off different apparel. Some baits are 30, 40% off. Their sun gloves are 35% off, which I really like. I use them all the time. They're really good. Um, so worth checking out. Tungsten football jigs, 40% off. Some pretty good stuff. So, And tell me when I'm not showing the page, Bateman, so I don't sit there and talk and not show things. I'm bad about clicking that, but uh, yeah. So there's the link. In the chat, go check out Arsenal Fishing. They got a pretty good sale here. And uh, there you go. So I do have a few more questions. Let's see here. A little rapid fire here. I did see Micah Fraser hung it up. 
uh, guy that's had a pretty good career state mm-hmm. going back to FLW came to the elites, had some success, won a St. Lawrence river tournament. I think he's just like tired of grinding and he's got other things. I think he's doing like remodels and house flips and property investments. And probably mm-hmm. it's a lot smarter. Uh, so yeah. that basically is going to keep somebody that was not coming back. So it's not going to go to Bobby Lane. It's not going to an EQ guy. It's going to go to somebody that was on the chopping block. It's going to be able to stay. But we don't ever saw that list, so we don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, Micah Frazier think... pulled out some great fantasy points for me the last year I played. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, he won on that uh, Zoom Ned bait, supposedly yep. on St. Lawrence. Um, I think an only largemouth. But I think they could also do that with venue. Like, right? like you go to the mm-hmm. Potomac, you go to the Arkansas River, um, even Lacrosse. I think if if Bass really wants to like avoid front facing sonar, they do it through scheduling. But that takes a couple of years Absolutely. to get in coordination. You just need to mix in certain events. Like, I mean, can you go catch fish? Hollow can it help it you catch fish on home. the James and the Potomac and the Arkansas and Lacrosse? Yes, but it's not going to dominate it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like. I think this elite class rookies next year will be really strong. These nine yeah. guys coming in, I would bet one of them, six of them make the one. classic. Right. We got one Ben's already in. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just saying two... no. Like in their rookie elite season year, right. they will qualify for the fawn classic. I bet you two thirds of them make the classic. Yeah, I think uh, Tompkins, JT Tompkins, is Timmy Tompkins' son. Um, nice guy. Um, I think he'll 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 do it. I think Ben's gonna have a really good shot. John Garrett is my sleeper to make a run at AOI because sure. he's Mister Consistent and he's very versatile. Uh, he can catch him in Florida. He can catch him on smallmouth lakes. He can power fish. He can finesse fish. I mean, Kyle Patrick, I think is going to be pretty Patrick. strong. Even uh, Milliken, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are. And they're all, so basically all of them are going to be eligible for Rookie of the Year, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Trey McKinney's a good stick. Um, I remember that kid fishing when he was like. Yeah, there's a couple guys like Robert Gee guy. I don't know much about and a couple other guys, but obviously they caught him, so. Um, The Arsenal swim jigs have been good. I like them. I actually gave a bunch away on a, a member stream here. Let's see here. What else is... Uh... I've heard the slobber knocker is better on wood than other chatterbaits. I have heard that. Uh, I will try. Um, There are times that I like to go black and blue, brown and orange. Sometimes when the water gets a little color, I will go a little louder. With a little more like accent colors. Um, I tell you, a good color for me, uh, especially in the fall, is a, like anything with a watermelon. For some reason, I know it's a little bit more translucent. A lot of lakes where I'm at clear up a little bit. I feel like sometimes that green pumpkin a little overpower it. That watermelon seems to get a lot of good bites in the fall. What's up, Amy? Must mean the kids are in beds in uh, in Mobile, Alabama. They're these giant. Now I know why the chat blew up. It's because Amy showed up. I thought there was actually people asking questions in here. Uh, Rick yeah. wants to know about smallmouth 
bottom contact plastics. So it really depends on the situation. You know, a, a fluke is a great way to catch them on a soft plastic. I've caught a lot of smallmouth on uh, a trick worm on a shaky head. I'm trying to force myself to figure out this Ned deal for smallmouth. These these guys smash them up here. I know Darius catches them on a Ned. I don't know if I'm impatient. I'm not using the right heads. Uh, but I'm starting to figure it out a little bit. I'm trying to get Try a, a chartreuse head for smallies. Um, hey, what's up, Amy? Thanks for joining in. Um, the drop shot is, is, you know, an obvious way to catch big smallmouth here. I mean, my one of my favorite, I guess I got one right here. Uh, you damn right, not, I do, but TK. Still throw the brown jib with green tinsel. The, uh, the stupid strings. tube dynamite bottom mm -hmm. contact smallmouth bait yeah so bart he slayed with a tube in that um toyota here and i almost won the dang thing yeah the uh, yeah i don't know stupid tube to me is just a confidence bait comes mm -hmm. through stuff gets bit um yeah. Oh, look, when I was trying to rig my chatterbait earlier, there's my menace scrub. That would have been a good one to throw on the back of that. Let's see here. Um, bass nays changes. I guess I think I feel like we talked about that last year when they announced it, but it's finally happening now. I think it's going to work out for guys that want to get into the qualifiers, like myself. I think I'll be able to get in the cross qualifiers. So we'll see. Payouts actually seem pretty. I saw the payouts on a, a Bass Nation call. There's going to be some pretty good money in these qualifiers in the national championship. So um, they're basically going to be like open lights for the Bass Nation guys, is the best way to put it. Uh, how many MF guys will fish the opens? I think there's going to be a significant amount of guys that jump from the invitationals into the opens. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of these BBT guys that don't make the cut know they can't hack it in the eqs and won't try there'll be some but i don't think there'll be as many as we think there will be gunnersville in two weeks slotted my dms i don't know a whole lot of spots. are you fishing in the kayak mean um but it should be starting. To, we should be hitting that frog and flipping time of year, right? Punching and frogging this time. Yeah, actually, it should. You should still be able to have a frog bite, depending on how hard this cold front hits. Um, going to be some punching. Um, swim baits on bridges when that water gets below sixty-five, sixty, and a jerk bait. And it, oh, I guess it depends on this. Uh, what league you're fishing? If they allow a rigs, you absolutely should be throwing an a rig. Yeah. So if an A-Rig is legal, you better be throwing it. Yep. Uh, Justin Cook, I like to throw my stupid tubes on a 743 bait casting rod on like 12 to 15 pound floral. And I'm going to tell you mainstream, bring a top water, buzz bait or walking bait. Sure. Water temperature may only be 55, but they'll still eat it there. Um, Dustin, based on what I saw, all the nation guys that are in clubs will get first chance before it goes to the true open. So that like guys that are just bass nation at large members. So uh, if club guys want to do it and they want to fill these up, 
the at-large guys won't get in, but if they don't, then the at-large guys... So, like, they've got waves just like they do in the Open. So, club guys will get preference. So, that's all you can really ask for. Uh, I agree. Most will go MPFL or retire or guide or do TV or whatever. Lots more new YouTube channels coming and podcasts. <laughs> more podcasts. Um... No, I don't think so. You just have to be registered in a club. To get the automatic priority codes, you have to qualify and get through through your state. But there is a round where just my understanding is that if you're in a good standing club, you're in good standing in Bass Nation and with your state, there will be a round for people to get into. Um, so says he's fishing the Knucklehead KBF tournament. Well, I don't know their regs, but if they allow you to throw a, a rig, then you should be throwing it. Yeah. Uh, trailers on buzz baits. Yes. I mean, I either throwing, if I'm throwing a skirted buzz bait, I'm almost throwing a trailer hook almost always. And if I'm throwing, you know, a toad or a swim bait on the back, then typically I don't put a trailer hook on it. But it just depends. I like a, I don't like a trailer on a buzz bait during the fall because I want to make sure I got a trailer hook on there. Um, I've been throwing the evergreen buzz bait, by the way. It's a bad mm. dude. It's a bad dude. Um, more in the spring, summer, I'll, I'll thread the, the frog on there because it's bulky and they can really target that. Uh, I feel like if you want to run a trailer hook on that, great. But I, I prefer one af after that. But usually on a buzz bait, I don't really put a trailer on there because I'd rather be able to put that uh, trailer hook on there that doesn't get tangled up. Yeah, those who can't fish talk about fishing. Yeah, so that's why I'm here. Thanks, Gravy. Uh, Lucas uh, is, yeah. So I, I would say the the easiest to get tube that I like the most right now is the X Zone three point seven five inch tube, like something that I can just easily get off the shelf. Has good colors. It's got the right thickness uh, for stupid tubes. There are other ones like the Bite Me Tube and a few others out there that are pretty good. The Coffee Tube's okay. Uh, but as far as like production ones that are easy to get that I get at Omni all the time, the X-Zone Tube. And then a lot of times I'm using my Bass Tech Agitator Shaky Head, which is a little shaky football head as my stupid tube hook. The Bite Me one is okay. And then actually uh, Horseshoe Tackle, AJ Mendy, pours some really good... Uh, EWG tube style hooks for uh, stupid tubes. Maybe I'll bring those up quick to show people. I don't. There's I don't a know, local have you thrown guy the stupid that used too to, much. Do you have a preference? Yeah, there's a local guy here that used to pour them for um, you know, a store I worked at, and for me, and he did a really good one. Uh, I, and I'll be honest, I'm not as the stupid tube connoisseur as many people uh the secret lures one is 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 really yeah, good that's the og one that one's pretty good for sure um as um, far as the tube man i've used everything um that hella said uh there's a company called uh smack daddy your snack daddy i know mm -hmm. i know that dustin knows about them they make a really good tube very good tube um and then the other ones i always used a mismo which Mismo used to pour for like 75% of the tube companies. But uh, yeah, um, somewhat like Snack Daddy. And I feel like you, 
some of those like triple dip, mm-hmm. you know, double triple dip tubes are really good for like the traditional style tubes of like mm-hmm. exposed. I don't typically like those as much for stupid tube because then it just there's a lot of plastic to fight through. Right. So I like the thinner ones. You can find some of tubing. them old school uh, zoom tubes, the little the bigger ones that are thin. Those are good. And I'll tell you, uh, one that I keep close to best is the old Yamamoto tubes on a stupid tube because they're thin walled. Yeah, you can get a hook through them things, jokers, real quick, but they're hard to find. But do you get more than one fish on it? Because that's the typical no, knock. No, it's just a... like a Cinco. You get one, maybe two fish. Um, so definitely uh, check out AJ's tube heads here. I just put a link in the chat. And then also, uh, I'll show you the uh, one of my favorite uh, is this color. Bugs, I think, is the color. It's basically a green pumpkin with copper flake. They call it Boogs. That's a really good one. I don't think Omnia carries the green pumpkin blue, but that's another one that I like. But And the reason that I actually tried these, I think when I was down, it was either at like a TBF tournament or a Bass Nation regional or national, I got a bag of Exxon tubes and green pumpkin blue. They were in the boat. I tried them. I was like, these actually work pretty good. And I've been using them ever since, so... Yeah, Bob, Stan Sloan cussed me out because I called his aggravator a spinnerbait. Did not like that. I was about 17 trying to order some spinnerbaits from Stan Sloan. I said, I'm going to order some spinnerbaits. And he said, well, I don't sell a damn spinnerbait. And he hung up. I was like, what the? No. Hell of ass. I got to go go to bed soon. I got to. Sounds good. I got to work. No worries. You can, I can wrap this. I can land the plane. Yeah. I'm going to jump off here. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to miss my son's championship football game. Won't get the coach because I got to work. But I want to thank you for inviting me on. I'll be ready to do this at the end of November. Hopefully, we get some exciting fishing news. And you know what? Maybe I'll get some boxes of baits. So, um, sounds good, dude. Appreciate you coming you guys on. I'll visit Hello's sponsors, support him. You said to support me. That's cool too. No, no pressure here. So yeah, if you can't find your baits at Omnia, you can go click the tackle warehouse link in Baitman's description. Appreciate that, Rich. You're a hell of a guy. (laughs) You got. You guys have a good one. Sorry, I got a jet. The guy needs his sleep. Good to see you, Backlash Pro. Uh oh, Travis, Trevor Kettles, Pickwick, 2020. Was that 2020 or 2019? I think Pickwick was 2019 and Watch Out River was 2020, but yes. Um, Tustin says, I've yet to be outfished with a stoop tube versus a Texas rig tube. I rarely fish them in the same, like on the river, Mississippi River. If I'm flipping wood or grass or things like that, I would flip a Texas rig tube. The only time I would really throw a stupid tube on the Mississippi River would be on riprap banks and wing dams. So, uh, but otherwise I use it a lot in really rocky situations on like where uh, Texas rigs get hung up more. Um, I like Mismo for a flipping tube. I haven't really tried it much for a stupid tube.
Yeah, patch slopper one. I'm pretty sure that was 2019. <laughs> uh, I haven't... Uh, I've been meaning to free rig more. I can see the free rig playing. I tried it a few times. I caught some fish early in the spring, actually free rigging a tube. I picked that up watching Milliken's video on you fall up, and I caught some fish early, and then I kind of got away from it. Um, tube a tube is a little cheaper. It's more of a hassle to rig. So, like a Texas rig is easier to re-rig the tube. Like you burn through tubes faster on a Texas rig, but you don't have to re-rig. But then the super tube, every time you tear one up you have to cut it off and retie which is good because then you forces you to retie um but typically if i'm on a super tube bite i'll re-rig a whole i'll pre-rig like at least a half a dozen of them and then just retie them um but the shape of the head and that it's internal to the tube it tends to come through rocks better um and not typically. I don't typically because the rods that I throw on my stupid tube, I don't typically have other baits that would get a bobber stop on them. So no bobber stop on the stupid tube. Um, I'm not fishing right now. I'm closest to pools four. I recently fished tournament on 5A and 6. Before that, I had a tournament out of 10, fish 9 and 10. But I fish a decent amount between like pool 2 and pool 10 on the Mississippi River. Uh, Dustin fishes more down, what, like 18 to 23, somewhere down there. The big bite tube I have stupid tubed. It's typically when I bump up to a quarter ounce or bigger, when a little bigger hook, I'll use the stupid tube or the big bite tube, but it's a little bigger. Um, yeah. So basically, Dustin, for the most part, fishes where I stop, he starts. <laughs> but I might have to put a, you know, maybe it would be more weedless and come through the rocks better with a bobber stop on a stupid tube. That's a good point. I might, might instrument that. I need to, I need to get a little sharpie, TK, and sit down with you and like write the names of all these crankbaits on the bill so I know what I'm throwing. I do know that this one is for this one I can remember right because this one is the Rat Brain. That one I can remember, and I can remember this is the SB One. But some of these other ones, I think now I know this is the Root because I lost the other one to a Pike. I guess I know some of them. I forget what that one is. So, see, I'm already, I'm getting old. I can't remember like I used to. See, but like, But I think even Ed Chambers used to put the names on them, didn't he? Back in the day? Weren't they engraved in the lip? Yeah. Why can't you just scratch it in the lip like Ed did for me? It'd be so helpful. Or maybe Marty could scratch it in the lip. 
Hellcat. Yeah, Hellcat was the craw. The other tackle craft really likes it when you mix uh, his preference. He loves it when you mix round bends with EWGs and then you mix the colors of the hooks. It doesn't uh, bother his OCD at all. I'm a big fan of red hooks on top waters on the front and baits that dive less than three, four feet. If you look at my topwater box, almost everyone will have a red hook on the front. This one's in the wrong box. Got to move that one. So. Even poppers, typically. That one's gold. That one needs to be fixed. It used to be red. Now it's gold. And it's bent. Imagine that, TK. My front red hook is bent. see here what's up brian what's going on i don't know what other questions let me see if there's any other questions i didn't uh i think i answered that question levi i'd love to come to florida i am tapped out on vacation and if i fish the opens next year i am not gonna have any extra vacation to go to florida unfortunately uh i think i've talked about it um, basically the Merc, the drive shaft snapped. So that happened because evidently there's a couple like internal motor, motor mounting bolts that snapped, twisted off, cracked. And once those went, um, that put a lot of, you know, ripple effect, put a lot of unneeded torque on my drive shaft and it sheared it off. And then when that sheared, it probably took a few other things, uh, with it. So I didn't hit anything. Um, the when Intune Marine was talking to the uh, Mercury people, they're like, uh, "Did you look at these bolts? Like they kind of like wasn't the first time they've heard about it, if that makes sense." So, um, yeah, all covered in warranty, but it's taken a while to get the parts. So there's a good chance I won't get my boat out or my boat back until after it's. Up. I got a couple black labels in here. Some labels, you know. The budget balsa compared to the uh, the the big M's, but uh, quality bait as well. It's like trying to mate with my method crank, but yeah, there's a black label. There's a non-balsa bait in here. This is actually a crankbait I've caught a lot of fish on. This is the uh, the Ima square bill. Good bait. Caught a lot of fish on that thing. Here's my other black label.
I bought one of these uh, bagley. I forget what this thing's called. Something B. What is it? I forget. A lot of the guys up here say they're, it's really good. They like it. I haven't thrown it yet, but I bought one just to try. Um, they say that you throw... Well, I mean, it's a combination of like... There's some issues with their castings in these Fury Robs. <clears throat> but also, I guess, if you run the motors too high and trim them a lot, that exasperates the problem on these props. But... Good night, Amy. Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely uh, a lot of guys with mercs in the shops, it seems like. I don't know. Hmm. All right, we hit two hours. I don't know if there's anything else to talk about tonight. I don't... I mean, I think we could... Uh, in a future night, we could go through the uh, the Balsa Square Bill flat side box, or we could go through the top water box some future night. But um, you know, I I don't miss my two stroke because my two stroke that I had before this was a two thousand five EFI. It wasn't even an Optimax, so that particular one was not very easy on gas. It used a lot of oil. It was only the 2.5. It wasn't the 3 liter, so it didn't really carry the weight even of my, like, Pantera Classic. So once I put, like, talons and other things on my boat, my Pantera, it didn't really have that, like, low-end torque to really, like... So, no. I don't miss my personal two-stroke, but I will say that, like, those Pro XS Pro two-strokes of the later years were pretty really good moats. Good uh, motors. Um, I would say, well, I don't know. You guys have shad, but when it gets cold and nasty in the fall, I always have like to have the option to fish smallies. So a lot of times the rivers up here are the place to go. Um, I've pretty much only had Mercs, but I've really only owned like three motors in my life. Mostly Vixens in there. There might be a show. There's not a. Sh this box doesn't have any shower. Uh, I don't know. Thoughts on the Yamatanuki in the fall? I haven't used the Yamatanuki enough. I've only caught a couple bass on it. I'm kind of intrigued by throwing the small Yamatanuki on a Ned head. Um, I have never ran the leash. No. But I've never hit anything hard enough. Or high enough. The only time I ever hit something was with the skeg. And the leash really only matters if you hit like on the, I don't know. Typically if I'm running it, it's trimmed up high enough that <laughs> I'm only going to hit the skeg of the prop. But it's probably smart to run the leash, but I've never done it. Yeah, plenty of time this winter to go through boxes. I actually ordered two bags of those. The uh, what are they? The something the tip worms. Yeah. So those will be coming on a future uh, 
live stream, we can look at those Ned baits, but I did order two bags of those and some of his stickers. Yeah, they do look good. It's something tip. The hollow tip worm. Is that what it is? Yeah. HTW hollow tip worm. They're actually made by Semantis Bates, I think. You have a little bit left in the in the mug. If people want to chat. Mm. You do only have uh four days to use the current Omnia code. Uh, the smallies that I caught last weekend were from smaller lakes. We didn't actually go out on the chain. The house I was on was on the very east tip of Pine Lake, but we went to a lot of little lakes. We didn't bother with the chain. I hope to see you there as well. I've got it on my calendar to register, so. Need to lay out the, uh, the plan at home. Um for next year. I don't know that I'm getting out this weekend. Nobody's invited me. So if somebody's going fishing around me and wants to invite me, let me know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm not famous enough to be in Omnia videos. That's what happened to mine, Top Toad. Much appreciated. We actually dropped one of my uh, Arsenal scissors into Lake Alexander. <clears throat> uh, so I need to replace one of my Battle Braid scissors for next year. Next weekend? Maybe. I also got to figure out when my buddy wants to go uh, up to Malax too. So, how far is it? I guess, I'm guessing it's quite a drive. Dustin, but might have to do something. I also have to see if my uh, daughter ends up making the high school hockey team, because if she does, that's going to probably throw a wrench into things. I have not. I've seen the Toad Thumper in person. Like, I think I saw it at the Classic, but I didn't buy any. Um, TK threw it at uh, Pigstone. He caught a few fish on it, but the weight fell out really quick. So the experiment ended pretty quickly. I mean, I think everything else about it held up, but the weight fell out so quick after, like, two or three fish that... But other than that, I think it was fishing fine until the weight fell out. We have not. Yeah, Cedar Rapids is like at least three and a half, I think, for me. Dust um, and I have not fished together. We just chat on YouTube and Instagram. But uh wouldn't rule it out. I'd like to go fish with more people.
a lot of them have weight issues. I've definitely had runs of Spros that have had bad issues. The Terminator originally was pretty good about weights, but now I would say lately they're not great about weights on the Terminator. I have not been impressed with my uh, Swamp Donkeys have been losing weights. The Spro Flapping Frog Gen 1 was awful, but now the new Flapping Frog was actually really good when they redid it. Uh, yeah, I absolutely... <laughs> it'll probably be uh, a good six months or more before we get to throw the Swamp Lord, unfortunately. Um, nothing scheduled for India at this time. No active work there, but no, I absolutely will be uh, eventually giving an honest review. I mean, I could probably walk up to the pond and like see how it walks. Maybe if I'm bored this weekend and it's not blowing a hundred, it was really windy today. I could go play around with the frog, but. Yeah, the only thing I can see, unless there's something weird about how they hook up, or if the weight comes out super easy, but I feel like they're going to be pretty good. Like, I would say if you see them on sale or you want to use the code at Omnia, I would not hesitate to grab a couple for next year. I see nothing that makes me nervous about buying them. Yeah. I have not fished a 10,000 fish frog. I'm not even really sure that I've ever seen one. You're saying it got destroyed by the pads or the bass destroyed it in the pads? Because I feel like they're pretty durable. Although, I feel like you have to re-rig it up on the hook quite often, but the body itself lasted forever. Really? They don't always eat it, but when they do eat it, it's pretty darn good. I wouldn't... Uh, I feel like I could keep pushing mine back up on the nose. It was a little irritating, but... Um, I've caught a lot of fish on the flapping frogs. <clears throat> yeah, but that stupid... Yeah, we were super snotty mossy. So you're saying it's not a good mat frog, maybe. Or was catching too much of the stringy stuff. Ryan says the 10K frogs are good. All right. The drink is done. Yeah, you definitely, you want to be in slightly sparser color. Uh, cover. So if you're in like super thick pads where you don't have much open water, I would throw a walk-in or a poppin' frog. Um, you want more of that stringy where you got gaps where you can, I mean, it's kind of the same water you would throw a ribbit or a, a buzz frog in. Yeah, I wouldn't use it. Like I wouldn't use it in a mat situation. I wouldn't use it in really thick stuff. I don't like throwing it in heavy rice because it gets hung up a lot with those legs just catch. So, yeah. 
Well, the cocktail is gone. We're at two hours. The chat has slowed. We're going to go out while the getting is good. Uh, thanks for everybody hanging out on a Friday night special stream. Thanks to Bateman for coming on. Uh, those that are might still be watching on his channel, I don't know if he turned his off or not, but uh, go click the link down below if you're going to buy some stuff from his uh, Tackle Warehouse order. Otherwise, uh, if you came in late, the replay is probably worth it. Facebook, YouTube, search Hellabass on your favorite MP3. You know, hit thumbs up, do all those things. Yeah, Joe, you shared it on Facebook and then you forgot about it. Now you're going to have to watch the replay. But uh, as always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.